Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And today, I'm going to send it over right to you, Tiago, because I know you have something you want to talk about. So, yeah. Let's get so, it. yeah, I've been rereading Man's Search for Meaning, which is one of my all-time favorite books. It's just one of those books that has a, like, when I, by the, the first time I read it, had a huge impact on the way I, I saw the world and the way I thought especially about meaning because that's what I think the, the book is all about. It's about, so the, the book, for people who don't know what it, what it is, it's uh, basically a, a doctor, a, psych, a psychologist that went through the, to the Holocaust. So he was living in Germany at the moment and he was Jew and so he was sent to the extermination camps, the concentration camps. And it's basically him telling the, the journey through the, to the, through the concentration camps and then back to society. So he went through it all and he managed to come out of it alive. And it's one of those books, now that I'm reading it again, it's, it's one of those things that it's very easy to forget. Uh, how, like, first of all, how something like this happened so recently. So it was like yeah. not even 100 years ago and this happened. And then second of all, it's like, this is why it's so important for for me, for you, for everyone and anyone listening to try to and be good human beings you know it's to prevent things like this from happening because it's when uh, the way he he talks about like even the gu- the guards that kept him captive in the concentration camps he doesn't speak with hatred for them because i he knows being a psychologist that they're just everyday people and they're simply they were simply in that position yeah to where it was socially acceptable for them to do those things. And he knows that, he knew that that's just how humans work, you know. Most humans work. When you, when you are in a socially acceptable environment, when it's acceptable for you to do certain things, when everyone else is doing them, you manage to ignore your, sometimes your values, sometimes what's wrong and what's right. And that's why it's so important for each and every one of us to get our values defined, our priorities straight. Because, so if something like the Holocaust ever happens again, you don't want to be on the side of those guards, of, the, of those guards doing what they were doing, like doing the unspeakable horrors and tortures that were spent every day in, in those concentration camps. And it, it was people just like you and me co- committing those atrocities. And that's why it's so important, I think, for us to... Sometimes it's easy to forget why we, why we do all this, why we're trying to get better, why we why we read to improve ourselves, why we face uh, discomfort, why we do all this. And this is one of those books that really gives perspective back, at least for me. Yeah, and it's, I found it interesting also that, you know, like when you say, uh, because we have to be good, also yeah. one of those things is, um, for how hard it may be like at that time, is to rise up against that bed, even though that whatever implications that may have, you know, because... If more people would just, you know, and I don't know too much about it historically, so this may be wrong, but if more people would would have stood up against it earlier, it wouldn't have gone so so you know so bad so fast as well, because I don't because I also don't think it's enough just to, you know, just to be on your own like kind of bubble and just be there. While that's better than nothing, of course. There's also this good quote which is like. All, all that is, all that is necessary for evil to, you know, to rise is for good men to do nothing about it, yeah. and because it's so easy to, you know, just 
look at it and think like, oh, somebody will do something about it. I don't, you know, now I'm sure somebody will, you know, protest that or, you know, they will say something against it. But if everyone is thinking like that, then, you know, no one will say anything. And I think it was in Stillness is the Key. There was this example of a politician. Um, oh, fuck. One of the more recent ones, but he didn't win anything, but uh, American politician. And there's this episode where he lives in a house with a pool and he had like a two-year-old, three-year-old kid. And he was just so busy, like just on the phone and trying to get uh, donators and stuff like that, that he kind of heard in the background, like uh, a window sliding open, like the door. And he was like, ah, somebody will take care of it. Maybe it's the kid, but somebody will take care of it. And because I think more, more people were in the house and everyone thought that, the baby ended up almost drowning. And that's just kind of like a more, you know, not as uh, for how serious it is, not as serious as the Holocaust was, because it's very easy to just think like, ah, you know, somebody will take care of it. Ah, it's not my problem. I have stuff to do. I have places to go. But it's you know, if <laughs> in the it's most the same principle, yeah, and that's what yeah. that's what really matters, you know. And that's how you apply these things to to everyday life, you know. The same principles that got these guards committing those atrocities are the same principles going on when for for example uh, a kid is being bullied and you do nothing like, like you pass through a kid being bullied and it's clear that he's being made fun of and being put down and you do nothing uh, about it you know it's the same exact it's the same scenario but an exa exaggerated version of it but it's the principles behind it are still the same you know it's something that's not not even the same because in in like in the the, the holocaust and in those prison camps like for the guards they felt it was totally justified yeah. doing the things they were doing like they were fed lies the entire society was telling them yeah it's okay jews are like an inferior race so everyone was telling them that it was good that, that not not good but that it wasn't bad what they were doing and so they eventually bought into that and you know we need to take a step back in our lives and see where that is happening in, in everyday society you know because those same examples are occurring not just in a just not in an exaggerated, such an exa exaggerated version as they were in the Holocaust. But there's things that you really think about it every day going on since like the, so like so that, that weird kid that's being ignored in, in class and and you just do nothing about it. It's actually like I'm talking a lot about kids in particular because so right now I'm studying. This is like a, a kind of a personal story. And there's this this guy in my class and he's really shy, you know, and it's. It's one of those things that it's very easy to make fun of him. And it's so easy yeah. to make fun of him that everyone in my class almost does it. And it's, it's I noticed that it's easy for me, when everyone's making fun of him, to join in and make fun of him. It's a, a natural tendency we have because as humans you want to fit in. And if I wasn't, like, if I hadn't, if I didn't have this degree of self-awareness or if I wasn't reading this book, Maybe I would, it would even, even slip past me, you know? I would just make, make fun of him and continue on with my day. But this was happening, and I was, like, thinking to myself, this is the same exact principle of, of what was happening back then, all, all those horrors. Like, if I don't stand up right here, no one's going to stand up for the, this kid, and he's going to continue living, like, kind of a an horrible life for the rest of these three years he's going to be in this class. So I, I like, kind of cut the conversation short, you know, yeah, like, okay, but stop making fun of him, he's just not as socially comfortable as you, and it doesn't make him a bad person, and that's, it all, that's all it takes, because people don't even get mad at you, they just kind of recognize how yeah. bad they were being, they just need someone to say it, because when everyone's agreeing and 
feeding that like kind of fire, no one says anything. But we all know deep down that we shouldn't be doing it. All it yeah, takes is so, just one. So how did the situation play out in the end? Yeah, in the end, like the kid wasn't even close to us. You know, he was just like alone in a, in another like part of school. We were all in a group, and it was just like that. There's no need. I just like there's no need to be making fun of him. You know, just co- yeah. let's continue on with a, a different conversation. And people were like, yeah, they kind of like laughed and yeah, yeah, okay, and then continued on. But I noticed that. I think they noticed what they were doing, and they kind of felt yeah. bad about them. And then, but then, yeah, we eventually carried on with a different conversation. But that's just all. Man, it's so easy for us humans. It's such a, an animalistic thing we have, you know. Every time, every time we see someone or something that's out of place, we just kind of have this natural tendency of like making fun of it or just kind of immediately judging it, not knowing any of the situation. You know, it's like that. That's it's kind of lame. We hear this quote a lot, like, but every person is finding a battle you know nothing about, and yeah. it's true, man. You don't. We have no idea what's going on in that kid's mind. You know, it could be. Like he could even he could be having a good day or he could be one step away from suicide. Like this is very extreme, but no one knows. This is all this is those cases that you then listen in the news and you're like, oh poor thing, someone should have stepped up. But yeah. you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and no, I feel like that was it's not a easy decision to take because yeah, I noticed that you, because That's... you risk. I feel like the the more more animal animalistic part of us is like oh my god if i say this i'm gonna get excluded from the tribe because everyone is agreeing with this but yeah it's you like there is like the perfect example of applying that principle and also like because it's very hard i feel like one of the ways to you know make it easier to be able to step up to that is to just be more disciplined in general in your life because then because i feel like it's the same muscle you know the same muscle quote-unquote that is required to you know jump into a cold shower or commit to the gym or whatever it is you choose is the same kind of thing required to you know step in when those things happen or when a a very difficult situation happens i was actually listening to jocko on tim ferris podcast actually not on the tim ferris podcast because he he just did yeah i was listening to that yeah he was he just did kind of he just like a podcast with himself because Tim was away or whatever. Yeah, asking, and, um, answering questions. Yeah, and one of the questions was that like, how do you build more discipline? And pretty much is you start slow and you build it up. That's it. It's like maybe you start like waking, like he was saying, wake up one hour earlier than you're used to, or you know, cold shower, or start doing, going to the gym or doing more intense workouts. Stuff that is, that is not comfortable, but you willingly choose it to be like that. Because also one of the big things kind of like shifting a bit but the big things is that and i was seeing a, a post by aubrey marcus he was talking about this which is if you don't consciously choose those struggles then kind of the world will choose them for you you know they will struggle will eventually appear in your life and if you don't kind of take these actions then you just won't have a say in the matter like if you don't or if you're not healthy and don't go to the gym then the struggle that life will present you is probably going to be uh, diabetes or obesity or you know anorexia or whatever it is but it's not going to be you choosing it's going to be you i mean to a certain extent you chose it you, you were just not conscious of it by not doing the things you chose that but it's much better to you know be conscious of it and choose where you want to go even if you you know you never get there even if you say like oh, i want to gain 20 kilograms of muscle and you never get there it's better to be in that struggle than to be in the struggle of you know one day you wake up and it's like oh my god 
if I eat one more Kit Kat, they're gonna have to cut my foot off or something <laughs> like that. You know? Yeah. I feel like no, but that's that's where uh, that's like uh, one of the I didn't think about it that way, which is like when we're all when we're doing these things that require discipline and that are uncomfortable. When you get out of bed every day at the same time, when you take a cold shower, when you're eating healthy, when you're doing exercise, why do we do all of these uncomfortable things? Yeah. And you just answer it. It's like because you're you're doing it now. So when it does matter, you already have practice. Yeah. Like when you have to do something that's uncomfortable and that's actually going to be important and change lives, now you have the practice, you know, you won't falter when that happens. And that's why we are doing all of this. That's why we're trying to be better humans and better people. It's like, it's, you know, it's it, it, will, it will matter someday. It's mattering every day because all the actions you take every day affect people around you. But you will see eventually there will come a time where you have to make a big decision. And that's where you'll notice all those small, uncomfortable yeah. things you put yourself through every single day. And just like a, a funny side note, now that we talked on Jocko, I was, Joe Rogan did this post on Instagram where he was talking about, he linked like a, a study on sleep. And it was like, our sleep is so important for us and to being healthy and blah, blah, blah. And for people who don't know Jocko Willink, he's famous for like needing very few sleep to, to get by, you know, he always, wake up, always wakes up at 4.30 no matter what, what happened. Yeah. And so I was like, I was seeing this post and I just noticed on the comments, Jocko Willink, and, and he was like, um, I, I, no, so the description of, of Joe Rogan's post was like, uh, sleeping will, not sleeping will literally kill you. And Jocko's comment was like, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> the the perfect comment from him. Oh my God. Yeah, but, uh, but because I feel like to a certain extent is, it's like, you know, you kind of have to know yourself. Like Jocko, I don't know if it's in this case, it's like he doesn't really need or he just trained himself to be like that, you know? But Yeah, I have no idea. Because I think it's like, it's a combination of being one of those people that don't need as much sleep and also being very disciplined. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'd, I'd assume at a certain point, if you really needed like nine hours of sleep, you would have crashed by now, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's no way you could have And maybe, going. I don't know if he takes naps as well. So, you know, that could... Yeah. That could kind of counter, counterbalance it a little bit, but... But yeah, it's just, I don't think like, you know, you need, because it's very easy to go crazy and be like, yeah, no, I'm going to start waking up at 4.30 like Jocko and going to sleep at midnight. It's like, dude, it doesn't, <laughs> that's probably not very unhealthy in the long term. You're going to just burn the fuck out. You know, yeah. it's. There's better places to start. Yeah, it's like, you know, go for the cold shower. You know, doesn't, mm -hmm. all benefits are just painful and scary at the mm -hmm. beginning. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And, and the crazy thing is that with all these things, it gets much easier with time. Like right now for me, I was in uh, Vienna, Austria last week. And like there, the cold water is much colder than what I was used to in Portugal. Yeah, like literally it's, I don't know, it's it's super cold. Because the weather outside is like, I don't know, three degrees or whatever. Which, you know, for some people is not that cold. But in yeah, Portugal, in, in Portugal <laughs> it's like 17 degrees. That's the normal thing. So like yeah. there, the water was so, so cold. But, you know, because the reflex is there, I'm so used to it. It wasn't harder. You just do the same thing. It, mm -hmm. It's more painful, but it's not harder mentally, let's say. Yeah, It's a weird feeling. I yeah. also get another, it's winter, but when I'm taking the cold showers, I feel, I feel it's harder, but like also there's no way I would fail it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Weird things that you, you, it's already so ingrained in my brain. That it's like no matter what happened, you know, even if it was ice blocks, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, because that's the thing. It's like the brain, or or how we do. It's just like habits. 
because if you if you get into the habit of it then it's like for like you were saying for me it's harder i would never even consider turning the warm water in the morning yeah. it's just at this point it's not like a possibility anymore <laughs> yeah. which is crazy yeah, because it. it clearly could be an op- a possibility if i want to yeah and just like put the 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 thing to the right instead of the left yeah. and pull it up and that's it warm water yeah, because i even take like hot showers in the evening so yeah me too but it doesn't even happen in the morning it's like it's a completely separate i don't know action i think it's just the the fact of being so an habit built for so long it's like brushing your teeth you know i don't think people yeah. would ever consider like not nah, today i'm just gonna skip brushing my teeth you know <laughs> yeah. but why don't you but why do you do that with brushing your teeth but not with the donuts for example what's the difference there why do you go f- why do you like if you want to not eat shitty food why do you still eat it well if some days you really don't want to go brush your teeth but you still go anyway and i feel like it's just because it's the habit it's just so ingrained in your mind yeah. like you've been you do- so many years you've been doing it since you were fucking since you had teeth pretty much that's it yeah and so what i feel like is well, it's that's why also it's so crucial to, you know, go one new change at a time if you can only because then you can you you give it time to ingrain that and you can f- like focus your willpower on that thing. You're not like trying to balance like, yeah, I'm not going to eat shitty food and I'm going to start going to the gym and I'm also going to do cold showers and journaling and meditating and then you don't do any of them. So it's like I feel like we talk a lot about this, but it's just so it's so important just you know yeah, we talk a lot about it because start, we made that mistake yeah, just go like, for like oh, five years start <laughs> meditating for this month only do that new habit yeah. there you go then the next yeah. one you and can we still do. make it at least me like i make the mistakes oh so yeah for sure it's one of like the di- most difficult things to be aware of when you're doing it in the moment like doing too much which is crazy and i always cringe when i say that because it's just so not <laughs> appealing to me you know yeah. the idea of like holding chill, myself bro. back but yeah, just like, no, no, just take it easy, you know? Because I, I was so counter that message for so many, like, so many years that it's still, it's like I said, it was the repetition inside my brain yeah. always telling, no, you can do more, you can do more. And now it's like, yeah, you can do more, but just stick with this yeah. and you'll eventually get there. Yeah, because if you also focus on doing things right, then eventually, like, when you see guys that have like, oh, yes, 10 companies, like Richard Branson, yes, Virgin with so many companies under it, it's like, bro, but the guy didn't start with all of that. He started with a record company. He made that good. And then he moved and then he went on the, f- the steps that already been that he kind of built for himself with that. So it's never, I feel like because it's always kind of a mistake to look at somebody who has already so much and achieved so much and to think like, yeah, I'm just going to start doing what he does right now. The thing is, he didn't start like that. He built up his whole life to that. Like, you like you wouldn't look at Jocko and be like, yeah, I'm gonna do like Jocko. I'm gonna wake up at 4:30, um, work out every day, and then he also has like five companies or something. I was hearing on the Tim Ferriss show. <laughs> I'm just gonna start a bunch yeah. of companies. It's like no, those things all built upon each other, because Jocko, when he was 21 years old, he was in the, the military. That was all he was focused on. He wasn't focused on oh, eventually I have a podcast and I'm doing all these things. You know, it's not. Yeah. That's why it's because if you really think about it, all these people we kind of look up to. They're almost almost always older than forty. Like that's yeah. if you're twenty or twenty five, that's almost double your time alive. Of being able conscious of your life and doing all those things every day. So a lot of it is just for how boring it seems, just doing one thing at a time and doing it good. 
Yeah, it's being patient and consistent. And, and that's the message no one who is young wants to hear. Yeah. I know that because I'm young and I still don't want to hear it. It's still one of the things yeah. that I have to con constantly keep myself like a reminder because if, if not, I'll just try and do too many things at the same time and end up not doing them. And it's really hard because your ego just wants to, to, be, to be like, yeah, I can do all of these things. I just I want to make this immediate change in my life and yeah. boom, I'm going to leave my old, my old me back behind me. The thing is you can't. You can't do that, you know. It's I always we always talk about this, and I'm a, I mean, if you always listen to this podcast, you may be getting kind of bored mm -hmm. of us repeating this. But it's like you built yourself to where you are right now, so you you can't expect to all of a sudden just pick up a different building, you know. You you you, you spent your whole life building this thing, you can't just drop it and grab another thing, you know. You have to keep with this thing and slowly change it yeah. again, so so where you you want to be. So it's it's much more difficult to reshape a building than to grab a new one and in life you can't just grab a new thing it's like that that quote we posted the quotes it's a couple of days back i guess it was like man is both the marble and the sculptor yeah, yeah. and this is like the the perfect example you know you have to sculpt yourself and sculpting takes time you know it takes a lot of fine tuning and like focusing on one thing at a time and you, you can't just like go, walk up to a piece of marble and yeah. smash it with a hammer and <laughs> boom michelangelo you know? masterpiece and yeah, I feel like yeah. a lot of one, not a lot, one thing that really helps. And I got this from, uh, if you guys never saw it, Zima Blue, which is an episode from Love, Death and Robots. It's a TV show on Netflix. It's like really short. It's like 10 minutes, I think. It's Love, Sex and Robots. Man. Love? What? Love, the Yeah, Love, Sex and Robots. No, no, it's Love, love Death and Robots. No, I'm... Like is it? 99% sure. All right, whatever. Sex and Robots. <laughs> well, well, okay, well, he searched for it. So, but the main... What is it, by the way? It's it's searching. Wait, you can. <laughs> no, it's okay. Continue. But yeah, so there's this episode called. Oh no, it's love, death, and love, robots. death, and robots. See, I was correct. I was. Why was the <laughs> oh, was okay. That. Continuing. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. So, oh, but there's Moving this episode on. where it's just pretty much this guy. Like, there's this myth about this painter, very famous, where he started like doing portraits, and then he got bored, and then he moved on to bigger paintings. And then, but he still was not really fulfilled by it. I'm spoiling the whole thing here. So, you know, if you really want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. That's like a big warning. Like, yeah, this yeah. episode is seriously good. Yeah. So, it's, like, go watch it. It's like 10 minutes. Yeah. So, you pause this, you go watch wanna, it for like, 10 minutes, and then come back. But yeah. Yeah. So, he, like, eventually starts painting, like, these big mural paintings, but he's still not satisfied. It's still something missing. So, eventually, he starts putting, like, these tiny squares and shapes, like triangles and circles of this particular color of blue. Uh, Zima Blue. Just like that in the middle of the, the same beautiful painting. It's like of the galaxy and then has this shape of like full of this blue inside. And as time goes on, like the blue keeps getting bigger and bigger up to a point where the whole painting is just blue. And he starts painting like, you know, this is this is like a cartoon. But, so it's like he starts painting even there's like this planet like um, Saturn where he paints like the rings around it like blue. And he's still like, there's still something missing. So then, like this reporter goes up to him, goes up to interview him before his final piece, and so what he reveals to her is that you know, spoiler, a big spoiler alert here is that um, there was this uh, young lady whether she really liked robotics, so she to practice, she'd create tiny robots to do small tasks around the house, like you know, uh, clean the, cut the grass and clean the pool and whatever. And this particular one that she really liked was the one that cleaned the pool. 
so along the years she kept like improving on it to give like give it vision and intelligence so it could figure out you know best ways to clean the pool whatever da, da, da. I'm, I'm like saying the whole episode i know it kind of word by word <laughs> eventually the young lady died and left behind the robot <laughs> which happened and then like the the next owners kept improving and improving and eventually it became this guy so this guy was a robot he was a robot but like very ai smart oh, such a mindset. yeah i left some things that are not real here but whatever boom he's that thing so as his last uh work of art is like he's building this pool the pool that he first cleaned as a shitty robot and the the zima blue is the color of the tiles kind of thing so what he does yeah. is that he kind of has his final piece with a lot of people watching he dives into the pool and he slowly uh, shuts down his higher power computer up to eventually like he dismounts everything and just comes out this tiny robot that cleans the pool out of him and he says i wish i had the exact quote but it's like maybe the whole thing is just like or no oh no it's like i finally figured it out uh this what i've been looking for it's the simple pleasure of a task well done and to a certain point it's like that's kind of that's kind of it you know that's it like if you because all we do is just simple tasks like maybe stacked upon each other, but everything you do can be boiled down to a simple task that you're doing at the moment. Like right now, I'm just talking. That's it. But mm. to a, to a great extent, isn't the purpose of life just to be present in those moments and kind of enjoy them and be able to do them properly? Because yeah. a lot of the time, even when you look, what are the things that you're most proud of? A lot of times, it's things that you really focus on doing a good job at it like really put your effort you put everything into it until you knew it was good but just for the sake of doing that thing it's and it's so like i really recommend you go watch the episode but all of this said that mentality really helps when building new habits if you can just focus on doing it and doing it good because if you do that eventually the rewards come it's just so hard to you know keep that for the long term yeah, it's one task at a time. I mean, that episode is so good. I, I need to watch it again. But I feel like it, it's such a... I mean, it gives... It's so much food for thought, you yeah, know? For it, sure. I could talk about it for for hours because it's such a... I mean, philosophically, philosophically charged episode because it's like kind of... Yeah, it really talks about that thing. We It's like about doing the that one task perfectly. And it boils down to being like this higher conscious being chose going back to what it was yeah. it's just because i mean i'm trying to process it now as, as i'm as i'm talking that's why it's not because it's like he he figured it out you know it's like he knew that doing this one task is what makes humans happy you know being present not you yeah but yeah it was, it whatever, was a intelligent human, beings. like you know it's yeah intelligent beings like that's what makes us happy and fulfilled it's like when we're in the moment doing something in that slow state and it's kind of like it's also said in a, a kind of a sense because it's like you recognize that we as humans can only can only achieve that like state for rare occasions yeah. or not very often, and so we like it's like it shows going back to this form of life where you was you were always in that state in that flow state. Yeah, that's kind of like how I see it. But I mean, it's just a, yeah, I need to watch that again. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's kind of mind. Like, I, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't know how well I explained it for somebody who never watched it. But, but yeah. it's like, for, I think I even heard Tim Ferriss say, like, one of the things he's most proud and fulfilled after was doing some fucking, not brickwork, but it's like some construction with woodwork kind of thing. I think it was him who said it. Yeah. Like, building something for his father, I think, or whatever. I think it was building a house. Yeah, for his wasn't father. like, yeah, something like that. 
this man who yeah. achieved, you know, by society's measures, very successful, things he should be, you know, the most proud of, angel investor, built a lot of companies, but then yeah. Best that, seller, that sense of fulfillment came strongly after that. And I have also one, one thing in my life when it was, I was in 12th grade, I want to say, for art class. And I had to do this, you know, you chose whatever the fuck you wanted to do. That was the whole project. And so I decided to paint on this skateboard, a, a design I kind of did, you know, a design that I chose on the back of a skateboard. And it took me so fucking long. It was ridiculously long. But <laughs> when I was doing it, I was really there doing it. I was really like taking the time and doing like painting twice and then doing the really making it sure it looked good. And to this fucking day, it's one of the things I'm most proud of. It's still in my old room. It's still yeah, there. It's still here. Yeah. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. And and I remember even at that the teacher gave me a grade I wasn't satisfied with. And for the mo for most everything in school, I was just like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. It's positive, whatever. For this one, I was like, no, you need I I refuse to accept <laughs> this grade for this. Because, yeah. because I knew, and that, like, because I knew the work and the worth I'd put in, and the work I'd put into, yeah. and the worth it had. So, and I feel like, like maybe shifting a bit when talking about confidence, like people, a lot of problems people have is like, oh, how do I become more confident? I'm too shy and I'm too whatever, lack of confidence. A lot of it I feel like is competence. Competence brings confidence. If you're competent. At socializing, you're confident that you'll be able to socialize well. Where that's why most people lack confidence. I feel like it's like, oh my god, I know what to say. I'm too shy. I don't know what to do. But like, if you knew what to do, you'd be confident, right? Well, yeah, most of the yeah. time. So, like for example, playing soccer. Why is Ronaldo so confident? Because yeah, he's very competent at it, and he knows that. He's proven it to himself plenty of times. So I feel like a lot of building confidence is. You know, becoming more competent over time, at whatever you want to have confidence in, because uh, because I, I don't like just to finish. Yeah, I don't think there's this. I don't know this like you're confident all the time about yourself. I feel like that's no. You're confident in certain things. If you put me in like mm -hmm. a ballet class, I'm not gonna be confident. It's, it's not how <laughs> it happens. Nor most people. So I feel like a yeah. lot of it is just if you're good at that thing or not. Yeah, I like it's very funny we're talking about it because i had this kind of re realization the other day i was at a gym and i was like i was working out whatever and i was doing deadlifts and this like co coach that's like coaches at the gym he came up to me and he was like looking at me and he's like yeah man you have such such good form and whatever and and he was like he was talking to me so what what exercises do you do besides the deadlift what do you do to improve upon it and i'm like at, at like i was talking about him like like it was nothing but then at the end of the conversation i was like this guy was trying to learn from me <laughs> and it was yeah. so weird because like i never thought of myself as like this this like expert on on anything related to fit no i'm, I'm just the guy who likes to work out yeah. i've been doing it for a while and but this is the first time someone actually like in a especially like a coach came up to me and it's like he's trying to learn from me and i was like it was such a weird moment because i remember like entering the first time i entered the gym and i was so insecure of doing anything you know i was just completely didn't know any, where to yeah. go and it was like that i was insecure because i had no idea what to do now when i walk into the gym i'm i'm confident and i realize that now because i know what to do i have a plan i know what what, how, what i need to do i know what's gonna happen most likely and i have something to follow you know i'm very secure and that's why that guy came up to me you know people sense that and obviously obviously they sense in in the results and 
but it was such a weird moment and it kind of perfectly exemplifies that you know this is something i've been doing it i've been doing now consistently for over a year and that's where you really start to be confident you know when you put in the practice regularly week after week you get yeah, good at something sure. and, and it just happens you know it's not like you can you can't will yourself to be confident <laughs> yeah. just by making positive affirmations in front of the mirror you know it's like there's a place and time for that but most of the times if you let's say you want to be like let's pick up let's pick the example you talked about about being more socially comfort comfortable and, and confident you know you don't get more socially confident by taking cold showers yeah. you know yeah it's not related you know it's it's some, taking cold shower can be good for improving certain aspects in your life it can even take it can even carry out to being more confident by uh, like exposing you to the discomfort and the uncomfortable decisions but nothing's going to get you to be as good or, or to get better at being socially confident than actually practicing that skill you know practicing socializing like grab, grab a book on, on socializing whatever area you want to improve be it like relationships friendships whatever it may be grab a book on that read about it take a practice put it out in the field and i mean that's just yeah. how you do it you know yeah There's that's no it magical i feel like way. and yeah because like when you're seeing the cold showers i feel like it helps to take the step forward when the when that maybe hard hard of the moment comes to apply something that you don't know how it's gonna like you read something like oh you should say yeah, this that's, the, that's like, like you should say this over. in an interaction but maybe you're nervous like that's where it, I would say it helps mm -hmm. to deal yeah, with yeah, that yeah. nervousness but but yeah it's just that it's just if you become good at it you're confident like if I ask you yeah. listener how how anxious are you if I tell you to like uh, tie your shoe right now does that make you anxious at all if I give you like okay you're on the spot I give you one million dollars if you tie your shoe. Are you nervous? Most likely not. You're probably kind of excited to, because you know you're going to get the money. But you know that because you've done it so many times. You're like, yeah, I know. It's not, it's not even a challenge at this point. But why is that? It's just, it's just because you've done it probably every day of your life since you had shoes that <laughs> with shoelaces. That's it. But, no. but then like the, the big kind of frustrating thing here comes is that there's no magic pill. There's no fucking... And this is like personal opinion. I don't believe in like fake it till you make it. I don't believe you do a power pose and you say I'm the best and you go out and you're the best. No, you're, you're going to be shit. And that's like if you've never public <laughs> speak before and you're nervous, it's not doing a power pose for 10 minutes and saying like, oh, I'm, it's all going to be good. It's going to be good. You're not going to be good. You're not. It's, it's literally either you are, you are a good speaker already by nature or then you're, you're not going to be good because you're going to be too nervous to talk or you don't know what you're going to do. And that's okay. That's just that's how things are supposed to be. Like, for example, take Tony Robbins. Why is he such a good speaker or why is he so good at a young age? Because he was doing that shit every day for like three, two or three times per day. He was giving talks. He was not reading about it. He was not reading books on it most of the time. He was doing it. And I feel like with all the, all the knowledge that you can get, there's no nothing like actually going to the field and practicing. I feel like knowledge knowledge yeah. should always come after for the most part after you've done it already once or else most of the times it just makes it more intimidating. Pardon me. Yeah. It should come uh, in my opinion it's like almost at the same time, you know. It's like as soon as you get it you you, you yeah. Yeah. implement it because that's the only way because how many even applying my, this to myself how many books have i read 
which had like really solid pieces of advice. And I, I was at the moment like, yeah, this is good advice. I yeah. did nothing about it. Guess what? It's the same thing reading yeah, it or sure. not reading it. If you don't implement it and carry it over to your life, it has no meaning, you know? It was an happy memory <laughs> that I had like. Yeah. But it's not, it, it didn't get any carryover to my life, you know? You, you need, it's like you say, it's almost at the same time. You Because it's reciprocal, you know? As you do stuff, you gain more knowledge because that's like, as humans, that's one of the best ways to learn, you know, doing stuff, you automatically analyze what you did wrong, what you did right, you get feedback, and then you can improve yeah, yourself. Yeah, for sure. You go back to your book, you read more, you read how to fix this mistake, and then you go back. So, you know, it's always like a cycle. You can't just have one or, or, or the other. It's always like a, an inter, like a, a relationship, a cycle between both of them. But definitely in today's age, we get a paralysis by analysis, you know. We have so much information available to us that we feel... Kind of that it's it's sometimes we get this feeling of doing something only by reading yep. it, you know. It's like oh, I've read about it, so I've kind of like taken a step towards the right direction. No, you it's like uh, Ryan Holiday talks about this in the the book Ego is the Enemy, when he has a chapter talked about uh, speaking about talk and how you should talk as few like about like about, about the important things you should talk as less or as few as you can uh, like. Because as you, when you talk about something that's important to you that you need to do, you get this feeling of accomplishment. He gave you an example of an author that was like doing tweets on how he was writing mm, something yeah. or whatever, and he, this author realized that by writing the tweets, he was getting less work done because he, write, he wrote the tweet and he's like, he received the answers from the public, like, oh yeah, good, you're, you're writing a book, whatever, and he was like, oh, okay, so I'm actually writing a book when he was doing yeah. nothing, you know, and we get that a lot in our lives when. It, my, like if you read that's a good step you know you're you're taking you've taken the first step to learning but it can't stop there you know if it stops there it's the same thing as doing nothing because it's all in your mind you need to carry it over to the to real life and the only way to do that is by doing yeah you know there's not a magical solution and especially if you're a young person listening to this maybe you don't want to hear this you know i certainly didn't want to hear it when it when i when I was first getting into all of this, because it's uncomfortable. It's going to be truly uncomfortable. This is one of those things, if you're trying to fix like an, an insecurity or something you lack, you're lacking, especially if it involves other yeah. human beings, it's going to be very uncomfortable. But, you know, it, it's part of the yeah, journey. Not only is it going to be very uncomfortable, you know, just to bring you a little bit even down, but um, it's not only going to be very uncomfortable, it's not going to be noticeable. For the most part, it's when you realize you have it, it's gonna you're you're gonna be like, oh, cool. But it's not something that, or for the most part, I feel like it just clicks. Some things will click, but the big things, it's like when they click, you'll notice that you've had it for quite a while now. It's kind of because that's like the one percent thing every day. Because by by con continuously exposing yourself to these situations where you're improving. You only notice when you look back. Like, for example, Tiago, you looking back when you w started in the gym, now you can see the difference. Like, fuck, I was scared to enter a gym. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I'm the king of the gym, <laughs> you know? But it's like, but that's looking back two years or more in time. So, like, because if you look like, oh, let me look at last week. Is there really anything there? No, it's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. If you look like even one month for the most part, you're like, mm, it's, it's, it's quite quite similar maybe I, I notice a bit of improvement and like for for example you in the gym 
when you go for a PR and you notice like, oh shit, I, I can lift this weight now. But maybe you could have lifted, you know, last week, but you just tried this week kind of thing. So it's, yeah, yeah. I feel like some things have those moments where you're like, fuck, I'm stronger. I'm better at this. But for most, most yeah. of it, you're just like, eh. like, well, it's yeah. always kind of the same every week. So that's why I kind of really need to enjoy the process of it. Otherwise, you know, it's, you're done. You're done. You're not going to do it. Yeah, it'll be miserable if you're always expecting like this goal or this whatever external thing to tell you you're doing good. You know you're gonna be kind of miserable because you don't control that. This is something the Stoics talk a lot about. Like if you place your faith in external objects, external things, whatever it may be, so, someone's love, um, money, a car, you know you don't directly control those things. You know you you have some control over them, but the only thing you truly have control over and like going back to man's search for meaning he even says that you know is your reaction to yep. things it's like the the very famous quote between stimulus and response uh, yeah between stimulus and response space. Is, I, I think i know like between stimulus and, and response there is a space and that space lies our freedom and our growth if i'm not mistaken that's it yeah you you might have yeah. been <laughs> although I, I do know a lot of quotes i don't know why you should just my yeah. memory is good for that, I guess. <laughs> no, but uh, it's that, you know, that's the only thing we truly control. It's how we respond to stimuli going on around us. That's the truly, 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 like, the thing we can control to the max. Like, if I were to tell you, uh, if, if, like, if I were to tell you, uh, if, imagine someone just, just kind of, like, crossed you over in, like, say, you're driving your car and someone skipped over you. I don't know. I, I don't have <laughs> cars. So, but let's say someone just, like, put themselves in front of you and like you're kind of mad right now you control how you are feeling you know you can say to yourself you can take a, a deep breath and say okay this doesn't phase me and you always have that control what you don't have control over is like that person skipping yeah. you yeah you know that's just and i think with that we can that's a, we can finish on that so yeah. you're in control and go watch zima blue please make yourself that favor <laughs> yes. yes so Takeaways with that podcast. being said um next week's episode is going to be part two to stillness is the key by ryan holiday so stay tuned for that and until then uh, you can follow us on instagram at paths of meaning and we'll see you next week bye bye